0: hello everybody and welcome back to live in a sweet podcast episode 99 my name is will jones joining me tonight as ever mr chris manning hello chris
1: evening will happy episode 99
0: mate Hello. doing very well uh also on tonight is tom jenkins hello tom Oh, uh, well how you doing mate good thank you and last but by no means least is james jarvis how are we doing james
2: uh, not too bad, Will.
0: Nearly a century of episodes eh? <laughs> I know, getting close. Um, you know, one away and we'll just see what that has to bring. But enough about 100 for now. Um, it's been just under a month since the last episode um, that obviously we did with Mark Isles. A treat which I hope uh, and I'm sure you will enjoyed. Um, but it's back to normality this week, I'm afraid. Um, but I hope that we'll not make it any less entertaining for you all. Yeah, sorry everyone. (laughs) Slumming yet now, boys? Of course. Um, So since the last one, it's been pretty well. It was pretty dull, obviously, with the with the international break following up. Um, Obviously, his testimonial and qualifying for something called the Nations League finals. Uh, Not not really sure what that's all about, but the (laughs) way it's coming up. It is. It's coming home. Uh, back on the Wanderers front, though, um, it's not been much better, as it. Let's be honest. Um, should we start with Neil Wall? Were any of you there at all? Any of you stupid enough to to bother going into the lines? Then no. no. Say that as back. I know. Lots
1: of away games a long time ago. I'll I'll leave that to someone else to talk about. Yeah. I can't remember what score it was. What think score it was,
0: was it one one? One one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ah,
1: okay. Yeah,
0: I remember, now. I, remember I, now. I can't remember much from it either. Can anyone give a brief analysis from I, it? <laughs> I quite remember uh, um,
2: Bolton Twitter going into meltdown as soon as Beavers scored.
0: Oh, God, yeah, we, we scored a goal, didn't we? How did that happen? Yeah, it was got good header from Beavers, that one, too. Um But obviously, I haven't um, progressed too much on, on, on that front. Um, Tom, what did you make of that? Was it two points dropped or was it, you know... Good to finally get on the score sheet at least. Uh,
3: anytime you lead for that amount of time in the game and concede in, you know, the eighty fifth minute, whatever it was, to draw a match, you've got to consider it two points dropped, I think. Um had you offered me a point pre match I probably would have taken it given such has been, you know, the dire level of results and performance that we've had in the weeks leading up to it. But no, I I think that was a really, really great opportunity to get some steam up and, you know, break this this awful run that we've been on. And it was missed, and that seems to be symptomatic of the way we're playing at the moment, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, of course, it just seemed like we couldn't hang on. I think it it, it was eighty, was it eighty fifth minutes and like that that they equalised. Um, just seemed like you know it started things to come, um, and it just it was sort of inevitable at that point. I think we all knew that it was it was coming at some point, but
1: that's what I was just about to say. I I can remember following it now, you've commented. I remember on the, on the. Uh, the app that gives you the score updates and having, I just remember having no confidence whatsoever. Even if the game drew on into the, drew on into the final stages, that we wouldn't, we wouldn't hold on. Why would we hold on? We know we've got in defence. There's no chance they're going to hold on. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. It seems to be a recurring theme this year that we always seem to start. We seem to start off strong in quite a number of games this season, but just we just never show up for the second half.
0: Yeah, it's a bit of an interesting one. I mean, again, the team was changed, you know, and we're still on the hunt to, to find a, a winning formula as such. But, um, I mean, I can't remember exactly what the team was because it, it seems to have, you know, been about eight different players from, from you know, what he was fielded yesterday. But, um, yeah, it was still just struggling to find that, that break and um, get out of the rut that, that we're still in. Um, but, yeah... Um, since that, of course, was the Sheffield Wednesday game in midweek. Tom, I believe you made the wretched journey up there on the replacement bus service. Uh,
3: no, I managed to get train to Sheffield train. earlier in the day. Yeah. Um, because uh, I've got mates over, over there and uh, I was staying with them that night. Just, you know, make, make, make a, a decent night of it, I thought. Uh, if yeah, grab as well. <laughs> and, and, I t- and I tell you now, it, was, it that game was there for the taking. But Sheffield Wednesday are a shocking sight. Genuinely awful. I mean, I can't. I cannot believe their manager done still in the job if that's the best that he can put out with the uh, the resources that he has at his disposal, um, and how we've managed to come away from that game, not taking something from it. Not not necessarily because we played really well and we were robbed, but because they were there for the taking. I mean, I'm, I, on, I cannot believe that. It, one of the worst teams that I've seen us play against. Even Rotherham had more about them than the Sheffield Wednesday. But it's it's just so typical of us that we we, we set up to to defend. Uh, in a game like that, you know, we we were going to Sheffield Wednesday away. We weren't going to Barcelona away, and but that's how we've set up, you know, to try and you know hold on for as long as possible. And all it takes is one mistake, in, in when you set up like that, and we've made that mistake, and we never even looked like scoring to try and get it back on, apart from one occasion where good old Clayton Donaldson produced possibly the most hilarious miss I've ever seen in
1: my life.
0: Yeah, it it just seems I think, like uh, gone, Chris.
1: Yeah, sorry, mate. Having having been at Wembley. With Oldsworth, I can imagine that's probably the second worst miss you ever. I would have ever seen in my life. I watched it on the on the dodgy box, tucked up tuck comfortably in bed with a nut chocolate as a, as a proper modern fan, uh, and it was well, it was just dull, wasn't it? Completely dull. And we talk about the inevitability of us being unable to hold on to a lead in the Millwall game. The inevitability once we went one down, there's not a single chance in hell that we were going to score an equaliser or anything beyond that against Wednesday was equally equally as obvious. And I thought all the way through the game. Um, we just looked so toothless. And I know it's come out in, in the wash afterwards that McGuinness was playing with an injury. Um, but I just thought him and him and his mates up front, there was just nothing, was there? Absolutely nothing from start to finish, front to back. It was really, really disappointing. Um, I just, It just makes you really concerned, I think, going forward, where, where are we even going to find goals? I know we'll talk about the Wigan game shortly. But I thought Wednesday especially. Like, I totally agree with you, uh, Tom. They were there for the taking. They were absolutely horrendous. But well, as a reflection of how poor we are, and, and you know, not, we're not necessarily that we were, but we are, uh, we, we didn't stand a chance in that game either. We weren't even in it. I didn't even think. Even if it were only 1 0, it sounds quite close and quite tense. But no, I think we wouldn't have scored if we were still playing today. You
0: yeah, know, it just seems like a bit of a recurring theme where, you know, the teams that we've been playing aren't necessarily any better than us. They're just, you know, yeah. they, they've been there for the taking and we just haven't been managed to because, you know, I think it's either like Tom or, or yourself said you know, we, we've sort of been set up to uh, to defend, which, which to an extent makes sense, but also very much doesn't, Um, you know, and I think on the last couple of occasions until it's sort of come clear that 4 3 is becoming the, the preferred um, formation, you know, I think it's we've been sort of guessing at, at the team sheet as to, you know, how we were lining up. I mean, was it the uh, Millwall game where, Wilson was playing in centre mid or something, or, or is that Sheffield? I can't remember. But he,
2: yeah. he played it both.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just been one that that's obviously been trying and training and thinks that it's it's a it's a good a good bet, but obviously hasn't proven to be. I mean, James, what I'm, what few made I'm of it? Glad,
2: I'm glad he gave it a try because I made an entire article about our four, three, 3 was the way forward, but mm. um, I just thought he he played the wrong plays in it, like. I, I, apparently, I heard Mark Wilson did all right and Millwall. Well, obviously, we can't confirm that, but I heard he didn't do too bad. But that was that's a prime position for Jason Law to do his thing because he, he's in no way an attacking midfielder in any sense of the word. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. he was placed in the in the three in the wrong position where he should be driving the ball forward, and he's just not that sort of player. Yeah, of course. I mean, I don't you know. think
1: we've got I don't think we've got any players like that. To be honest, I thought in all three games it, it showed how we've got nobody of that old Mark Davis kind of ill that can take the ball and run with it from an attacking attacking position Williams we, is maybe the only one that could do it every now and then but not with any kind of success it's just we a, don't, complete, a complete drive
2: sorry we don't have a Mark Davis type but we do have players who who can run about quite a bit Like we have Williams like you said we have Vella as much as he's mm. off form or not being preferred at the moment take your pick Um. So they could have easily sorted into that role. I just didn't see the need to play Mike Wilson, uh, but I don't know. I I don't know what was in Parky's mind then playing that one, but
1: we'll see. Going out, given how, atro- uh, how atrocious Jason Lowe's been for the most part of this season, I'm I'm quite happy to experiment and see if we can find somebody else to play that role.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, I I thought you you would object, you know, when you said we haven't got that Mar Davis type, and I was just thinking, you know, Williams is probably the closest thing we've got to that. Um. Obviously, he's the other option in, in, in the deep midfield role. Um. And you know, perhaps Wilson was, you know, that that's where he was in his last days at Stoke. I mean, I I couldn't tell you that for definite, but you know, maybe that's a preferred role of his, or you know, whether whether or not he's got the
1: very very possible. You know, whether he's got the
0: the legs to do that or not, I'm not sure. But go on, what were you going to say, Chris?
1: I was just gonna just gonna uh, just touch one more time on that comment we said about about Davies and. Uh, and Williams, I think Williams is obviously. I didn't go to the Preston game when he made his debut, but I read everyone's um, glowing feedback on how fantastic he was, and I, I, I don't know if anybody would necessarily disagree that he's not shot anything like that since. He definitely got something about him at times, but I guess with a lot of these players, it's a, it's an example as to why they're with us. Mm. They don't do it more regularly, I, you know.
0: See, sort of Sammy Amiobi for a similar thing. Mm. I think it was more of a shadow from that Preston game, you know, just that. You know, and more of his contributions, you know, sort of after the full time whistle, you know, when there was that bit of um, yeah. sort of shit out or whatever you want to call it, you know, when you know we sort of um, won everybody's hearts a little bit. But I, I agree, you know, that he's not particularly been a standout figure since then, and you know, yeah, that
1: sort of been uh, a stra- uh, bad approach to games. He almost got sent off after forty seconds at weekend.
0: Yeah, it's just I think he's just trying to everything. yeah to to win that sort of battle as opposed to you know the one on the pitch, but it's. Um, yeah. It's funny If, if Williams. Just
2: defense, to be fair, we our players up front in front of them haven't really been running that much either to gain spaces not, where he can probably. produce those penetrating passes or or those penetrating dribbles. He he's he's not a player like Mark Davis that can create something out of nothing. He needs the support, and he's not he's not
0: been getting it from the players around him as well. I mean, just like you were saying, Chris, before you know, another player who needs that sort of support is you know, in attack, Josh, Josh McGuinness, you know, obviously he's not really um, had the, the, the service and the support necessary and obviously he's sort of been dropped out of favour, particularly at weekend, with the uh, Dodge getting his first proper start, um, you know, is that perhaps, you know, the beginning of a, a, a slight decrease in, in the typical hoofball um, style of play that we usually have or do you think it's just a, a different approach to that?
1: but we're never we're never going to play the two together on a regular basis I don't think so I guess it'll just be you know be horses for courses depending on which team we're playing against will be the, the approach that Parky takes I guess, I would guess away from home when we're a little bit more compact a little bit more um playing on the counter McGuinness will probably get the nod where I was expect that Doyle would probably get the get the nod when it comes to playing at home when he'd expect us to in theory be a bit more expansive you know granted mm-hmm. that's not the way that, that we've been under Parkinson since the day he arrived um, so that's the only thing I can think of as to the value of having both and keeping both around. Uh, not to say that I'm particularly blown away by either, because um, after a, a promising start, I think McGinnis has, has dropped off the cliff massively. Granted, he's been uh, had a couple of injury problems, which is definitely you know not, not not his fault. Um, mm. We just need one of the two to to come back and start finding a bit of form and quick.
0: Of course, I think I mean a, a lot of people seem to think, particularly on social media, that you know is the answer and he's the one that's been missing and you know he's the one that's going to grab us a goal if anyone um he hasn't yet proved that and i don't think you know weekend which again we'll touch on properly in a minute it was a missed opportunity from for him necessarily it's just um him getting that service and getting used to you know getting that full 90 minutes under his belt with, with the team and um you know, getting ourselves into a rhythm generally, not not just himself, um, of scoring on a regular basis. Which, you know, oh, whilst, whilst the pressure's on him, it, it's not obviously as straightforward as people are hoping. Definitely um, not, and I'm
1: not sure what the other lads think. But to have him scoring that goal that he took so well against Rotherham, and then to drop him the week after, you know, how is he ever going to get that opportunity? Yeah, he, he may have, you know, to some people and, and me included, he may have been a bit underwhelming so far. But you know, he's only played full ninety minutes twice, I think. Um, surely dropping him after he scores his first goal when he should theoretically be full of confidence mm-hmm. and again uh, Tom and, and James I'm not sure what you think about this but I don't see how we've really given the lad his best chance yet
3: I've said for a while that I think that Parkinson's biggest failing this season
1: which, I mean you've got
3: to discount the start of the play because he certainly feels like he's pigeonholed to play that way and if you know he feels that way he sees his players day in day out I have to back him to make that decision and he probably is right about it, but what I can't agree with is the way he alienates players. You look at it with Deutsch after that. I completely agree with you, Chris. That was tailor-made for him to then come back into the side, start after getting his first goal, being full of confidence. Because McGinnis has fallen off the cliff since that penalty miss against Rotherham. That's been for me the uh, the, the spark for him losing his his confidence in front of God especially. But he's done it with Wilshere after the Forest game. Granted, he was awful in that first half. Completely agree. But the thing is, Wiltshire's the kind of player who thrives under being loved. You know, having an arm around the shoulder, like having people back him, which is the way that he started the season brilliantly. That was the reason why Why he can't seem to understand that some players need different um, methods of managing them is beyond me. He's done it with Vela as well, for example. I don't think Vela necessarily has deserved his place in the scene, but it certainly doesn't help that he's, he's been told in the press that the only reason he's on the bench is because he's um, the
1: person who fills out the quota of being our academy player that not exactly inspire a player to do it. Yeah. does it? He did the same with Mark Little too, didn't he? Just inexplicably dropped, him after playing him for thirty odd games on the trot, and then we've not seen him for the best part of six months
0: since. And... Mm-hmm. I mean, hasn't exactly shone. Obviously, he had a great start, no, like like no, we mentioned no, many no. times. But since then, you would have thought that you know perhaps bringing Little in mightn't have been a you know a bad call, particularly you know given I, I brought this up before. You know his relationship with Amiobi, and you know how well that actually worked last year towards the back end um you know and whether bringing that in would be a start i mean i don't know i wasn't there to witness it but i don't know where i would mean, be played exactly um you know yesterday well towards yesterday um but you know perhaps if if he was down the right you know then having little in behind him might have been a a a, a bad start necessarily um to you know getting a solid 11 in place but um i suppose you can only base it on you know how well they're playing at the minute and you know whether or not, you know, he has the right to drop Alkowski based on his on his re- recent performances. I don't know, but uh, James, do you have a particular take on that? Uh,
2: well, regarding well regarding dice, I, even though he had a torrid debut against QPR I, I don't think he should have been dropped after that game I mean you signed a million pound striker after the position we've been in and you play, you let him play one game and just let him try and become an impact sub off the bench after all that that never made sense to me so I agree with Tom in the fact that he alienates some players um, I mentioned you mentioned Yannick Wiltshire that was another one and I felt he thoroughly deserved the chance to show what he did against Wednesday uh, how do you do by the way Tom I didn't watch the game
3: Well, against Wednesday, I mean, Parkey said that it was the
2: best 90-minute performance that he's seen
3: from him. I mean, it's a clever comment because I don't think he's played 90 minutes before, so (laughs) it it was bound to be. Um, But uh, no, he he certainly looked like he might be the only way that we were getting goals, but we passed him the ball approximately five times. uh, and And when he ran at people, he made it look like he might make something happen, but he just never got the opportunity to do so.
1: I definitely yeah. think that his performance could best be described as passive. You know, we certainly want any any sort of outstanding superstar to earn a comment like that from a manager. No, mm-hmm.
3: definitely not. Definitely not. I mean, I mean, Parkinson also said in that game. I think that he, uh, Mark Wilson had a fantastic performance.
1: Well, if he had a fantastic
3: performance, why did you take him off after sixty minutes?
0: Mm-hmm. if
3: he was your best performing midfielder. Why did you leave the rest of them on and take him off? I don't understand it.
2: Yeah, but, yeah. There's just another example there. Vela who I said I think. Could actually benefit from this four three three formation. Give him a bit of space, to, I don't know. Give him a try. Let him do something. Or even, or even the guy who's gone completely missing since Sheffield United, Luke Murphy, who's completely disappeared off the face of the
0: earth. Yeah, I mean that's another shout. You know, when when we're talking about Wilson playing in there, you know, why wouldn't you then give you know Vella the opportunity to get a run back in the team, or you know, like you said, Murphy to to get another shot at things, but. Um, and obviously I think Ireland's back on the way you know I read something about him you know completing 60 minutes the under 23 so yeah I mean you're right I, I think eight, don't think eight, we'll eight last, eight, eight. Eight. So, No I'm not holding my breath on that but I just think you know a midfield three where you're not having to accommodate necessarily holding midfielders you know opens up the uh, the ballot a little bit to to, to other players who, who can you know play in those sort of roles and um, you know like you were saying Shot is not sort of quite happened for him yet but you know despite his inconsistencies one player one player has actually um, benefited from that and is arguably player of the month and definitely to the um, now becoming unfunny jokes um, top goal scorer of the month. Um, Will Buckley, I think he's actually done very well recent uh, recently. You know, grabbing himself a goal here and there and um, sort of proving that he's he's worth a start now. Um, does anyone else have a you
2: know? My problem with Will Buckley is that he always seems to fade after about thirty minutes.
0: Hmm. I mean, I he, there, he did so. it.
2: He did it against Derby. He did it um, against. He did it against Wigan yesterday. He was fantastic in those first 25 25-30 minutes, and then just completely was non-existent for the rest of the game.
1: Yeah. Mm. I'm not. I'm not a fan. I think him, him scoring that goal that weekend was brilliant, but that's the first time I can ever remember him actually beating a man in his time at <laughs> Wonders. He's, he's just one of those players that just seems to drift. And, and again, I use the word passive. You know, he he's there. And, and, and he has the ball quite a lot, but end product and anything really that particularly constructive, I, I would struggle to to list the top
0: three Will Buckley moments in his eighteen months at the club. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I was never, you know, a huge fan, but I just think that you know more recently he's he sort of proven to be the, the one that's um, sort of given us that attacking threat when you know nobody else has been able to consistently. But you know, I wouldn't nece- necessarily say that it's you know a peak moment in his career necessarily at all. Over his time at Wonders, because you know you can't particularly pick out another one, um, you, you know another one, another standout moment like it. But... I thought he
3: was good against Derby. I, I disagree with James. I think that was the one example where I've seen Buckley actually play a full ninety minutes. You know, putting in a good performance in the second half. He was just as good as he was in in the first. Um, I think what was it? he set up Noon's goal in the first half, and then in the second half, I think he had our only other shot on target in the game. So I'll give him credit for that. But, you know, I, I'm always looking for the positives of Will Barkley because I know there's a good player in there. There has to be a good player in there because we saw what he was like when he was at Brighton before to, to earn that move to Sunderland. But it's just he's, he's frustrating almost as much as Wilshere's frustrating because there is a fantastic player in there or a
1: player who's got the ability to turn games around for us. But you see it then, 10% of the time. Yeah, so then, does that then lead on naturally to a question of whether the manager is the right person to draw that... Quality out of him because you know with the fact that you have got underperforming, underachieving players who we all believe have, have got ability. Um, with, with will Chuck being a prime example. The fact that he's not been able to really glean anything out of that, apart from one, one half decent performance away at West Brom on the very first day of the season, does it lead on to a question about whether the manager can do that? I, I think it probably does because the job. You know all, what we have to think about the chairman is, is irrelevant in this context because he's. Provided the manager with the players that he wants, that he believes can improve the team. If that doesn't come to pass, I think the player's got an, an element of responsibility in there. But then I think the manager does too. Not sure if any of you lot agree.
3: Absolutely. I, I think I think with Buckley, I don't think he knows the best way to manage him. Um, with Wilshire, I know the best way to manage him, but Parkinson refuses to do it, which is just is just hugely frustrating. Um I, I he's never been able to get any kind of consistency out of a lot out of any player in the Bolton shirt apart from Gary Medine, in my opinion. And pro and Mark Beavers and, and Wheat are in that uh, the league one, but that's probably not down to him, it's probably down to the fact that they were they were sort of playing either at their level or below their level.
0: Mm, I I mean I do agree with that, you know, that partnership was excellent and you know, the consistency's been hard to find and you know, it's not surprising when, you know, he has changed the team so often and you know, I think it, it it's down to him to make that decision of you know whether you you try and stick stick it out for in in the hope of getting some consistency, or whether you just look for the you know the short term benefits of you know in terms of getting a result um, over that consistency. So um, yeah, I mean, I I agree with what you're saying, Tom. I just don't see um, sort of the the answer to it and how that's going to change, you know, or how um, we're going to get the best out of the players.
2: Well, there's a bit that I heard in the paper that um, Parky's Parky doesn't have a striking coach on his team, which I find incredibly bizarre, considering that the rest of his staff cons- consist of de- players who were coaches who were defensive in their playing days, like Ju- like Julian Darby and Lee-, Lee Butler and all that sort of stuff. Um, it maybe that could be a solution to harness some of the skills skill that these players definitely have, because we have seen glimpses of it, but maybe they just need that extra person to try and harness it out of them on a more regular basis because that's clearly where most of our problems lie going forward.
1: They definitely do lie there and I, but I, I, I don't necessarily know enough about it to understand whether someone could come in and teach someone like Josh McGuinness how to both be the guy and Dodge given the way that he played on Saturday, be the guy winning the ball back for the team and also being the guy on the end of the crosses which are a varying quality that we chuck in the box anyway. Um, I'd love to think that we could eke out out of both players another half a dozen goals each, but before the end of the season. But I, I, I art back to a comment made in the in the, the wonderful privacy of the LOV chat room a while ago, where I was it was only an, an offhand comment about whether I was doubtful as to McGinnis had ever scored another goal for us, and you know it's been a couple of months since I made that off the cuff comment, and I don't think he has scored since. It just they seem to be both of them the sort of player that they need a very specific kind of. Chance to score. McGinnis, I, I think he strikes me as a, as a bit more of a tapping kind of guy. Dodge, I wonder whether he's got a bit more about him, but I, I don't know whether we have the the capability or the players to play the way that they want. Because McGinnis and Dodge are both quite tall, quite capable in the air. We've got Noon, we've got Amiobi. Amiobi's not the kind of byline kind of winger that would get the ball and supply things in the middle. I think Amiobi's is a bit more of a um, more selfish in that respect. You know, he, he likes to cut inside, likes to have a shot, likes to do his own thing. Whereas Noon, I don't think Noon's got the quality of delivery, um, so I think a striking coach may well improve things. But I think the the problem may lie a bit deeper, in, deeper back in in the in, in on, on the tactical field than that. Um, it just, I just think that overall lack of quality we've got in putting decent, consistent quality in the box. It showed as much against Wigan on Saturday. Our crosses, I reckon, what one in five, one in six were headable, you know, attackable, whatever the verb is. It's probably completely the wrong way of saying it. Um, but we don't help ourselves, we don't give our forwards the opportunities to show what they can do.
0: I agree with that. It all went wrong when we, you know, arguably when we lost Lafondre, and, you know, we can't keep going back over that or blaming it or, you know, pining for him to come back because it's not going to happen, but it just seems like, you know, it's, if only, <laughs> it, it, it's that sort of thing and, you know, because he, he, he didn't need the cushion. He he just knew where the, where the net was and that's all there was to it. And um, obviously, I think you know we all know that these other two have got a lot more to show, and it's just prying out of them, I suppose, and it's just finding the best way yeah. to do that. Whether it's playing them both together, you know, whether it's one or the other, or you know, it's whether they just need some extra training in general. Who knows? But um, well, I think
3: LaFondre would score goals in this team, personally.
0: I mean, he didn't? I mean, Did he?
1: I, yeah, he didn't. He scored. He scored a few, but nothing, nothing earth shattering.
3: That's my point, and, and you look back at some of the goals that he scored last season, for example. Uh, how many of them were penalties? I think two or three. Um, one of them was a great header against Leeds, and I think the rest of them were um, tap-ins or just deflections. You know, ch- weren't, they weren't chances that we created. That was the thing. He was just a finisher who would, who would be able to find the space to just score the odd goal from a, from a random situation. Take the Forest Gate goal, for example. The, these strikers thrive on service. And I think that's where the problem lies more so than their ability to score goals. It lies from the fact that we don't create them any chances, especially with McGuinness. I don't. I, I think. I think the biggest criticism I have of him at the moment is the fact that he just doesn't look confident enough to b- win um, the headers against them, um, against the central defenders like he was earlier in the season. The main issue with him now is 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 that more so than the fact that he can't score goals because he can't get the chances created for you. by luck lacklustre performances from
0: your wide men,
3: then you're not going to score,
0: are you? No, of course it, it's. I don't know, it's really difficult I think we've just sort of been sat here for the last few weeks you know, scratching our heads trying to figure out where it's going to come from and and, you know, like you said, LaFondre whether or not he would have necessarily changed things for us again, it it is a good question because um, you know, his contributions you know, I'm not saying they were few and far between but they were unique and you know, whether or not they'd be you know, necessarily relevant in, in the current um, scheme of things it's you know that's another one um, but
2: yeah, I genuinely think Deutsch could do the same if he's given a run in, run in the team with Alf he only got that goal scoring for him whenever he had, he had a consistent run in the team because it always took him about five or six games for him to get going
0: yeah, yeah, yeah it know, could be yeah.
2: possibly be the same with Deutsch but again because of the chopping and changing he's not been allowed to do that so far
3: we are talking levels though, of course. You know, Christian Deutsch and Adam Lafondre are two very different level of performer, I would say. Because Christian Deutsch well, yeah, is never gonna play in the Premier League and if he does he certainly won't score, you know, the goals with regularity as Lafondre did with Redding.
2: Perhaps, perhaps, but um, is it is his chance. I mean someone gave Lafondre his chance from League Two Robber, and where he was scoring consistently and then he could do it in the championship. You gotta give Deutsch the same chance to show whether he can do that.
3: I completely agree. I think
2: I think has got a lot more to offer, and that goal against Rotherham improved
3: it. I think we were there. We said to each other, and it was it was a very very accurate comment. No other player in our squad couldn't score that chance. No one could.
1: So that's because all our players are shite in a goal. Well, <laughs> of course it is.
3: Of course it is. I, I then it is. makes it all more ridiculous that we don't give the of course, guy who isn't goal games.
1: We should be doing everything we can to make him comfortable at home and settled in that team, building relationships with the players, building partnerships. But we haven't done that. Um, I remember back in the day when LaFondre made that jump. Um, we read in Redding the difference. I think between that and Dorage is that Reading were a, a, a progressive, a progressive attacking team at the higher end of the league. Um, so it, I think in some respects that makes that transition a bit easy because he didn't wouldn't have come in. And I, I can't think back to it exactly, but. Looking at how Dodge came in, expecting to be the main man on day one for us. Sometimes the pressure's off a little bit when you're, you're at the top of the league and you're a you're a player brought in without that great deal of expectation. Whereas we don't have a choice; we need somebody to be to be the top man, and we need it. We need it now.
0: Yeah. So, for God's sake
1: make him feel like the top man. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I
0: mean, exactly. he's got the number because nine you shirt, so.
1: Do be your best? But you're not playing next week. <laughs>
0: So definitely if he
2: gets dropped against Norwich I'm going to be
0: fuming. Yeah. Of course he did get his chance, you know, he, he started at, uh against Wigan on Saturday. Um well now like sort of fully go into that. I think the result in general um it didn't necessarily reflect, you know, the the sort of issues that we've had recently, you know, I think we played relatively well in the grand scheme of things, but um and I think the result really was only dampened by you know, the referee's decisions. And and I'm not going to sit here and just blame the referee for everything, but it's just, you know, when you've got two stonewall decisions that he's got completely and utterly wrong, it, it's hard to think, you know, that we've, we've been robbed, if, if any if anything else. Um, I, were any of you there to see it? I, I mean, I sort of yeah, managed to get a stream. Yeah,
2: but... I, was, I was there. Um, Hobbs' challenge was absolutely fine. Yeah, it may have been a bit silly to go off that, but if it, but if that had come off and um, the penalty wouldn't have been given, we'd all have been praising him for being brave enough to go in for that tackle. So,
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah so.
1: having seen it with the naked eye at the time, it looked very, very harsh. And having seen it again at replay, I'm, I, I remain convinced it was a, the complete wrong decision to give a penalty on that one. Yeah, I, I totally agree with James. It was stupid to dive in like that, but... That doesn't excuse the the referee and the linesman just coming to the complete bizarre decision that they came
0: to. Yeah, it's an interesting one, and again, obviously the the handball was you know quite similar. I think that was that was just as obvious, if not more. Um, you know, so to, you know, because a penalty there would have been you know a decider if anything. I think that was you know very light on. So. Um, you know, it's gut wrenching when something like that goes against you, but and I think you know I speak to someone uh, last night about it, and they just said you've got no luck, and you know that's got to change. You know, you've just got to get a, find some um, you, you know some luck in there, and I just don't know or see where that's going to come from, but you know, yeah, you just got to decide whether
1: in. you want to be lucky or whether you want to be good. Because exactly, you know, if we had a, even if we, even if we had a snuck that that <laughs> result against Wigan, it would have been papering over the cracks, and I know that seems maybe seems a bit. A bit ungrateful, or a bit unappreciative. Everyone's actually getting three points where we perhaps don't deserve it. But looking long term, looking for the forty-six game season or whatever it is, you know, we've got got a long way to go, and, and mm-hmm. the signs remain, unfortunately, pretty grim in my eyes. To be we honest, we're probably, we probably... ridiculous that,
3: we, that we're, we're, we're sitting here um, in a derby game. Where how many shots did we have on target? Was it just the one that actually went in? I
1: uh, think it uh, probably was. I,
3: I would assume so. It was just that. So. We're sat here talking about a penalty decision going against us, two penalty decisions, sorry, and that's the only way we can win a football match is if referees do their jobs. Give do me a favour. That is that is that is ludicrous. Teams who are, who are fighting for their lives fight for their lives and go out there and try and win matches, you know, based on their own ability or based on fighting harder than the opposition. If we can't create anything and we are relying on officials to do their jobs. Obviously, it helps when you've got competency in in officials, but we've just got to you know say right, it's us against the world. And that's what Bolton Wanderers was always like in the Premier League. You know, us against the world. We'll go and take anyone anyone on and t- t- do our best to make sure that it's us who are uh, masters of our own destiny. And at the moment, we're looking for people to do us favours, and it's a little
2: bit pathetic, in my opinion. I mean, I agree with you long term that we definitely need to improve in the squad, but so but sometimes you just do need that that little bit of luck. It, if we have got that penalty either of those penalty decisions for us, then that, that probably could have kicked on. A positive result, a win, which we probably would have ended up with if we if one of those had gone our way, then then we probably could have used that mem- momentum to kick on. Even if we weren't very good, we could have built on that and maybe tried to take it somewhere because we would have actually had something going on our way for once.
3: We should have done that at Millwall. That was That's the thing. We were leading for God knows how long in that game. We defended brilliantly by all accounts and yet we still managed to give them a goal, yeah. a goal right at the end. Definitely. That, you make, the catalyst.
1: definitely, you make your own look through through your actions and your, your endeavour and whilst uh, at times there's no doubt that the endeavour's there, I just don't think that sometimes that there's not the drive is it, there's not really the snap and by the first couple of minutes of the game against Wigan where we had two shocking tackles from Williams and Noon we didn't really press them, I didn't think either
0: particularly mm, I don't think we did either and you know I suppose like Tom said we can't rely on the officials to to, to be making all the right decisions and you know, but in a way, it'd be nice if we could just get that that you know stretch of luck which would uh, take us over the line and get get that crucial three points. It's just well, it's, uh, occasionally yeah, make nice. look like you say. So
1: it's also a nice crutch for uh, the management and the, the owners and what have you to lean on into it that oh we, we would have won had it been for the penalty we should have got, but we didn't get. You know, not to mention yeah. the, the eight nine and a half minutes of shite that came before it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just... It's difficult being a Bolton fan as it is ever, um, but yeah. Uh, do we think that off the back of that, you know, the last couple of weeks at least, it's potentially more certain that it's time for change now. Um, you know, it, I think last time we spoke, it was very much you know 50 50 as to whether or not you know it it, it was right to uh, to be looking at changing the management. Do you think that that's uh, you know the, the past few games have changed that necessarily or? Any, any, a, I put
1: a line, a closing line, in, in the, the five things piece that's coming out tomorrow morning. That I wouldn't celebrate Parkinson leaving, but I also I don't think I'd be, I won't be that disappointed either. Um, mm. And I don't think I, I struggled looking at the next next few fixtures to see where we're going to get a win. And so whilst I think that maybe helps his position because nobody wants a new guy to come in and immediately lose his first two or three games. Mm. I think looking looking long term, I would be amazed if he's still our manager by the you know, by the time the FA Cup games come round in,
0: in, in a month or so. I mean, I think your article actually summed it up quite well, Chris, you know, the polite mutiny one. You know, I've mm. I've read that a couple of times, I just think it sums it up really well, you know, that I think not everybody is necessarily so angry with Parkinson as they make out to be. You know, everyone's a bit like, we're very angry that we're not getting the results, but in, in reality, you know, it's, you know, actually, he's an alright manager, it's just a shame that we yeah. can't get the results, but... Nobody mm. wants
1: it to come to this, but I think you know. At least for people I speak to, there is a a consensus amongst fans that we do need a fresh voice in the changing room. Yeah. You know, you don't need to come up with a name right away, but sometimes that just to, just to refresh the word, to give them the actions, a, a new set of ideas, can, can turn things around. Because we all, I'm sure we all agree, there's some half decent players in there. Yeah, we of course. We need to try is. and find a way to, a way to get that out of them.
2: Mm. Yeah, but then it always
1: comes back to that old adage: Can we afford to sack him?
0: Mm, I, so, I mean, not,
1: you know, at the same time because we're we're in these two seasons in the championship. I I can't remember exactly where we were this time last year, but I know where we ended up. And being in that position doesn't doesn't me with any sort of great sense of excitement as to how we're going to mm-hmm. ever progress things. So I know you should be obviously be, be careful what you wish for for uh, on on occasion.
0: But
1: yeah. The lack of obvious alternatives shouldn't necessarily preclude you from uh, from making a difficult call.
0: Yeah, I mean just a, a brief segue from what James said, you know, on, on you know, whether or not we can afford to sack him, um, was of course the you know, the, the news that broke um earlier in the week that um the players and the staff paid wages wouldn't be paid um initially, but obviously the, the staffs were then paid by the close of play. Um okay. but the players are still waiting on theirs. Um what do we make of this? I think somebody said that it was um I think three out of four at the same day, uh, in, you know, consecutively years, uh, annually, mm-hmm. um, that, that this has happened, going into December, um, it's just like, going round in circles, isn't it?
1: It just makes you wonder, what's going to happen next, because, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, the footballers live live quite a nice lifestyle, but, that doesn't mean that, they, they, they deserve to be treated in this way, yeah. um, I mean, it's I'm, not I'm the sure first time or, this or, season, or is it? Opinion. Everyone's got bills to pay, yeah, it's of just course. Rel- it's to it's into how much they come
0: to. Yeah, of course. I, like you, you gotta consider the grand scheme of things. You know, particularly with the staff that were initially uncertain as well about theirs. You know, I think um, Neve, who does who does the vlogs, made a very good point in her video saying that um, you know the the single mums and the, and those parents who are struggling to pay bills ahead of Christmas, um, unsure about you know whether they're gonna get the month's wages, and it, it's it's really just not fair on them at all. Um, and when you've got that sort of insecurity, and the fact that it's not even the first time this season, that that's coming to play. When you've got not only that, that external worry of how people are going to get by, um, you've also got you know in terms of the the players' situation, you know whether or not that's compromising results. And um, you know we can't always play the victim, like Parkinson had said, and is 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 pretty much you know we can't walk around and just say look we haven't been paid. You know it's more your case of, you know, showing that we can do it regardless, but um, it's not great when you've got that, you know, sort of um, insecurity I suppose.
1: Not at all. And last year we had it we had at least we had the benefit of being able to sell somebody for, for top whack. I, I can't mm-hmm. think of any many players that we'd be able to flog in this team for top whack. I and mean, even mm-hmm. those that started the season dead well being you know, Olkowski probably I, I you know, I think that's probably pie in the sky to think that you're gonna get a reasonable wedge for, for him as, as good as he is. You know, we haven't got that crutch. We, we're gonna know. I have little doubt we'll be in the same position again in four weeks' time.
0: Mm-hmm. I think we're we're sort of on about Villa at one stage, but I think if he goes, it'll be on a free one at this stage.
1: Ah, yeah, that race is wrong.
0: So yeah, it's just <sighs> it, it's literally not knowing where the answers are going to come from at all, and it, it's scary. If anything, and it's you know, it's it, it's not nice for anyone involved. You know, being you know, a staff member, being a player, being a fan. It's just not nice it? for anyone to fall. It,
1: yeah. it, it never
2: helps when this has been a recurring thing that's happened in the past. Now it's starting to affect just general staff as well. Plus, year that the chairman takes home a five hundred twenty-five grand a year, grand a year salary, <laughs> with his son taking an extra one hundred thousand. And it, it it just it it just elevates the rage even more from fans who just for once want a bit of security, but. We don't know where it's going to come from, especially with the story breaking out that so, that these initial consortium bids that Ken Emerson boasted about, who was serious from value proof funds, turned out to be false as well.
1: It's not his fault, James. It's Stop. not his fault. I was going to say. <laughs> Led down the garden path by a very famous Premier League fixer.
0: Mm. It's not his fault. <laughs> I mean, it's not the first time either, is it? You know, we've had, you know, the stories of, you know, proof of funds not being viable and, and so on. But, you know, the fact that he's making an effort to try and find us, you know, whether, you know, an investor or or an even a new buyer, um, I mean, you've sort of got to respect that. And, that you know, perhaps he knows it's time for, for change at the top as well. But um, it's just looking for an answer from somewhere. And it's just not, no, I think anyone's just desperate for, and answering it in whatever format at this stage, whether it's you know at, at player level or whether, whether it's at you know, a, a hierarchy level. Um, it, it sort of doesn't matter at this stage where it comes from. It's just as long as it happens. But, yeah, um, other than that, obviously, we've got to then look ahead to Norwich. Um, obviously, we're hoping that the players will have been paid by then. Um, do you see the misfortune changing, though? Do you? Nope. <laughs> there we go.
2: No, this
0: and, I mean,
3: considering the teams we're facing next,
2: are, are at the moment first and second in the table. It, it doesn't offer much hope. It doesn't at all. Great. Yeah,
1: I, I have no, no. Unfortunately, nothing, nothing but uh, alternate plans for next Saturday. I won't be following. Won't be wasting my time following the game. I think I'll probably probably check in about half past five and see how many they manage to pop past us.
0: Yeah, Norwich is another one of those where you're just not expecting to get anything from it. It's like the Villa game, and you know, even though there were there was extra circumstances behind that, it was, it's just one of those fixtures where you just—it's damage limitation, isn't it, really? But
3: um... the thing is, we we played well against Villa. I'm sorry, we we did play well against Villa, which makes these results against Sheffield Wednesday and the like even more frustrating. The fact that we set up to just defend against them when actually we were more attacking against Villa. And I'm telling you right now, we we almost scared the crap out of them there. If we hadn't given them a stupid, soft early goal and uh, the referee could make a decision about not giving an offside, then we'd have been all right in that match. But yeah. uh, it's just, the Derby, we, we went to that game and we had no expectation of getting anything from it and we beat them. You might say it's a one-off. I, I, it just seems to be that these players seem to pick and choose which games they really, really turn up for. We beat West Bromley, for God's sake. I don't know.
2: I mean, that was supposed to be the game for Stephen Derby, so that's probably what their incentive was.
3: Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm, sorry i mean it, it, it's a lovely story isn't it but i'm not buying that i, I don't know what the reason behind it was but it, it just seems to me like they they, they, they they turn up on occasion and then no, and other yeah. times they see the games as,
1: as already won or you know they don't feel as though they have to even, do it. maybe it's an overconfidence i wish i knew even saturday when all this forry about the wages have been in you know if they showed half as much fight when they were when they're chasing the wages as they as they were meant to have done in in Parkinson's post-match conference when he, he was so proud of the lads for the you know the way they dug in or you know they're so brave I and mean, we fucking know get Britain's proudest kids on the line or something like that. It's just I just, I just wonder how much drive and how much desire there is amongst the boys. It's been difficult over the last couple of years. We've had moments of up and down, and I, I think he did right. I think the fact that they seem to just turn it on when they fancy, turn it off when they fancy, it's just so frustrating. Surely, had there been any better time to show your desire as a collective unit, then Saturday would have been it. And it all just felt so stale and so resigned to to our fate. And I think it's only a, a combination of their poor finishing uh, and and how you know at times dogged defending that just the inevitable never came to pass.
0: Mm. Who knows? It's just not knowing why, not knowing when. Or how anything's going to change, but anyway. anyway. The With problem
3: is, I think I think we've sort of we're we're completely right to say that Parkinson deserves every credit for what he's done for us, and any person who says otherwise is, is simply wrong. But some managers are great tacticians, some managers are great coaches, and some managers are great man managers. And I struggle to think over the last few months which part of that job description he's actually met and surely at that stage that's when you have to just call time on it regardless you know every manager has his time it's becoming a bit like Arsene Wenger this thanks for the memories but could you f off now please
1: I think he's been a good firefighter for us and obviously he's been the right man at the right time when we came down um from the championship in the first case I think he was the right guy you know that pragmatic that pragmatic approach where you know it wasn't solid it wasn't spectacular Sheffield Wednesday had Chris Wilder in the same the same season in the same league, and they absolutely stormed it, playing some magic stuff. I think you know to give him his credit, he's been a fantastic firefighter for Wanderers, and I think you're right. It just depends when you decide that that time has passed and that fresh voice becomes essential in order to stop it stagnating, which I think it's definitely in danger of doing now.
3: Is anyone else sick of ha- having fires being fought? Thank you very much.
0: <laughs>
3: absolutely sick of it.
0: Yeah, anyway. We can only hope that things will get better. In the meantime, though, we have been asking for your Twitter questions, um, so we'll now get on to them, and, yeah, we'll answer as many as we can, uh, depending on how sensible they are, because I've just seen the first one, and I really don't want to ask it, but I will. Um, I don't know what a skip is, either Will No, me neither. Um, Chris, have you heard of this one? At Lango has asked, who invented the skip?
1: Um, yeah, good question um, Good question yeah. uh, No idea yeah. More skip of Skippington Who yeah. invented
0: Skipping skip, skip face, face. Yeah. Yeah. Skipping skip Great face Great question Yeah
1: um, Ask back what he thinks about the pedestrianisation of Norwich City Centre I will do Because I'll be honest, I'm all for it
0: Yeah, we'll have to examine it next weekend Um, <laughs>
1: going, don't lie <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. I know.
1: Just got just go off Google Maps.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thomas Cleary has asked a relatively sensible question. Uh, why is Oz always getting dropped? I think we've sort of covered this one, haven't we? Why is anyone? What, I what? mean,
2: he doesn't fit the four three three really, and he doesn't mm. fit a four four two ish, which we saw he played for like the first ten minutes mm. of
0: Wigan. I think if it had asked why anybody's getting dropped, I don't think we could answer it. For definite, it's just rotation, isn't it? Trying to find a winning formula, and it, it's not happening. So there you go.
3: He did play pretty well when he was given the opportunity, and it, and it, and it reached to me of like um Janino uh, for Middlesbrough or Georgia Kinkladze for for um, Man City. You yeah. play you play a player who's a luxury, and all the fans want to get behind and want to see do well. But in actual fact, he's detrimental to the team because we can't cope with playing with a luxury player. We can barely cope with playing with eleven um, hard working players.
0: Very true. Uh, Murray Gofield has asked, What do you think needs to be done to increase the sentences at home?
3: Lower the prices or we'll play better football. Win we'll matches. We'll improve match. the price of buys. I don't
0: know. I was going to say, Chris, sure interesting... <laughs> Chris made a point the other day where he said, I think even if we charged a quid for tickets, I think even then we wouldn't feel it. And I agree with that. Yeah,
1: to need to, to kind of appreciate that Wanderers fans. Rank amongst the most apathetic in world football. You know, we cannot be all full of conversations about yeah. Let's go and stand outside the entrance with our bed sheets, with you know Anderson out and all that. But we won't do it. We won't do. It. We'll we'll just carry on. We'll carry on moaning on online on podcasts and things like that. But we won't actually do anything about it. So you know, I, wrong, Chris. we can't do anything about so it. <laughs> tickets for a tickets for a pound. Fucking hell! If they paid us to go, we still wouldn't sell
0: out. <laughs> I agree with that. Well,
1: because it's stop, not worth it, it at this point. Really,
3: you can't really blame anyone for that.
0: Generally, I think <laughs> if, I, if I paid anyone, they wouldn't go. Just no, no. It's just the
2: whole air of If I paid right? myself. Because we, we're, we're fucking skin, We're playing shit football. Um, the players aren't, are showing five less often than they are, than they should be doing. And and the prices are absolutely insane. So what's there to, to be positive about as a bowling fan at the moment?
3: at least I now understand the reason why he had to make the Wigan prices so extortionate and that we were basically living off a m- week to week unless he got decent
1: ticket sales in. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I inquired at the club shop a few weeks ago to get some kits for the kids for Christmas. And that's another farce. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. Um, but you could no longer order certain items of kit from eh? the club shop. You, you no longer can buy them. Um, because because they've, A, they've run out and B, if we were to order fresh supplies, we have to pay for that in advance, which they won't And they do. can't afford to. So, yeah.
0: Incredible.
1: So, you know, e- e- forbid you might want to buy some merch and put a few quid in the club's coffers this Grimbo, lads, because it's not happening. It's already 48 quid for a replica shirt.
0: I can't you believe how, how expensive our kits are in the first place. Like, it's just ridiculous, isn't it?
3: I've been enjoying this season with Man United as the the resident banter club and it's us, isn't it? It's, it's always been us and I've just... Well, we're it. the banter club of the championship.
0: <laughs> But, oh, God. Yeah. So, in response to your question, what needs to be done? Um, don't know really.
2: Probably getting to the chairman <laughs> and getting a completely new investment who will try and motivate us and see where that goes. I think it's results,
0: to be honest, but yeah, who knows? Um, Darren Butler has asked chances of a Medine return.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Chris I'll let you take that one. Um, I would rather shit in my hands and clap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Liam McNeil has asked, what positions do we need to strengthen in the January window? And do you think it's going to be... That it's... What? That it's worth going for McGuinness and Dodge up front together, maybe only in home games and just one up top away from home?
3: What positions do we need
2: to strengthen? Left-back, everywhere. Kevin, manager. Yeah, manager. Yeah, manager, She's Manager, dead. chairman, left
0: by.
1: T-lady. Center forward, lofty.
0: <laughs> <laughs> stadium answer. Um, yeah, really joking. Everything, um, anything and everything. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: yeah. Oh, and that, stadium
3: name.
0: Yeah. Um, to be fair, Chris, I think you sort of touched on that, didn't you, about whether we go, you know, two up front home and one up one up front away or whatever I, or you that's said rotate the two didn't you definitely. but yeah maybe maybe that's that is a factor
1: but who knows I don't think it's happened today and I'd be amazed if it did happen but yeah I'd certainly
0: mm. be all for it I think it's worth trying but whether or not it'll happen I mean to a be member. fair
2: if you're going to do it you've got to play an actual striker in there you can't just play Sammy Ami be up top alongside Christian Doidge no, no you can't do
0: that it makes no sense true um, Tommy Stats has asked what is this feeling of existential dread I have about the season, and how can I make it stop?
2: Uh, it's called cool. stop no being team. a Bolton
0: fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah go and watch Manchester City. Too <laughs> 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 to many of our fans are, are sort of city. I don't like it. No, my,
3: yeah. my best mate a city fan. Like, I can't stand the city for the sole and simple reason it's just absolutely unburdened jealousy, unadulterated jealousy.
0: Yeah, I don't mind them, but it's just like so many are t- far too comfortable with them. It's just a bit like mm. Well it's because they're
3: better than Man United, aren't they? But
0: I mean yeah, than anyone every prefer, team yeah. in England.
3: <laughs> no, no, in, like it's better to like them than it is
1: to like Man United? Oh
0: yeah, very much so.
1: Yeah. I hope we I hope we get him in the FA Cup. I won't mind seeing uh, Andy Taylor against Lee Raisani a few oh. weeks ago.
3: <laughs> Josh McGuinness Josh McGinnis bullying Americ Laporte. I would
2: I think I'd genuinely have to call the
0: Metropolitan Police if we got Man City. <laughs> I think because like it would be an absolute assault. Making a <laughs> making a valid question out of this though, do you think that if we could actually afford the wages, like getting a relationship with City and bringing in some of their like youngsters in, and just getting a few to like just get us a few places up the table, it, or up the do you know what I mean? Because I think even the ones who don't even get a look in there are definitely worth trying. I think. I mean, I know yeah. we've got in. I'd that say that much else, if we need to live off Isn't it don't Chelsea are always a player yeah, uh, Chalina, though.
2: we wanted to get Chanina off them he decided to sack us off he sacks off the Ipswich first and then he sacks off for Swansea this season what about Gil Gacusa lads,
1: I can give you lads a bit of an exclusive on that if you want their cousin of mine plays for United in the under 23s um, he plays for England as well uh, he, he was in the in the squad for the City game in the Manchester Derby a few weeks ago and he was looking to leave over the summer and I put him in. I put um, a couple of people at Wanderers in touch just to say, you know, look, he's looking to leave, blah blah blah. Uh, and I don't think anything came of it. So mm. <laughs> you know, not while I, <clears throat> I expect them to do anything about tips from supporters. And mm. um, I think our sights are probably set a bit lower. Than I, think, of, I think I uh, think we could definitely team. do but a lot worse. A than... You'd probably earn a damn site more than our first
0: team has a. Yeah, definitely. But I think it's definitely you know worth exploring it if we can get them on the cheap or we'll get them to at least you know. Take the majority of the wages, you know. Just I mean, I say they're worth a
2: better punt than, than than buying all the old people coming to the end at the end of their playing careers, yes. like Lloyd Dyer and Stephen Ireland. Because I mean, I know I know it's the only example
1: that we've got at the moment, but it worked with Anthony Robinson last season. Yeah. What yeah. The hell did we sign up up? Derby with Derby with all those guys from Chelsea? I mean, it's just taking advantage of personal connections, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But
3: it I just seems it's,
0: to be that we've got a relationship with at the moment yeah I mean imagine City becoming our feeder. Fien- like yeah is is that the right way around City becoming be our be feeder fien- club yeah that would be
1: an I, errant club yeah. It? Yeah, yeah I think that'd work yeah.
0: that but anyway just an idea uh,
3: we have to swallow any pride that we have I don't think we've got any pride left
0: yeah of course but I think even they could think of worse clubs to build a relationship with though. do you know what yeah. I mean like it's who oh, knows but. Oh. Um, lewis chadwick has asked uh Dois needs a run of games he can hold the ball up wins his fair share in the air and he's the most natural goal scorer we've got just needs a delivery do we I do mean, you that's, agree that's not a question <laughs> yeah. it, like, i i just added that, that bit on the end do we agree because he, he just didn't make a question out of it but um well, yeah. I don't
1: disagree with any of those attributes I, it's like him for a bit he's a bit theatrical he's liking him for a bit of a Dramatic tumble is a bit grating, but you know, we have had plays like that before, I guess, in the past. It's maybe not uh, I mean currently we've got Will Buckley who's pretty Will good at it. and loves to dive. My god. Yeah, yeah. We fit him well, don't we? Yeah.
2: yeah. I love how Will Craig he... Noon's trying to copy his diving ability as well, and
1: just doing it not nearly as well. Um, I just enjoyed Craig Noon kicking that fella in the head at weekend. I never know he couldn't know he could be that
0: dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah surprisingly we haven't actually had that many questions this week so um, I'll add one on the end do we think it's worth rotating the goalkeeper
1: yes that was going to be my question actually so yeah good stuff Uh, I I do Uh, I like Anik. I think he's been great for us so far but you know there's been a couple of little bits and pieces here and there where he's been less than stellar I think his distribution has been a bit poor as well over the last few weeks so I thought Matthews was okay when he played our games I don't know what you lads thought
3: I like, yeah. I like Matthews. Yeah, I like the fact that he can actually play a pass to
1: a, to a Bolton player. It does help. Uh, Matthews is quite quick to
2: get uh, the ball out for counter-attacks as well, even though we never really did anything with them. So, I don't know. It, pro- it probably is worth a punt. I mean, he's only 24 as well, so we might as
1: well build on him while he's still young and see what happens. That's another cash deal we've got in place for, for in three weeks' time, isn't it, between him and Dodge.
0: Yeah. yeah.
3: It looked like a certainly solid piece of business. I, could, I can't remember him doing anything particularly poor at all. And, and, and James is absolutely bob-on. The most frustrating thing about Anik, whether or not he's a good shot-stopper or not, um, which most of the time he is, he just takes about 20 minutes whenever he gets the ball to decide what he's going to do with it. And whether that's because he doesn't feel as though anyone actually provides him with any options, it, it remains to be seen. But at least it, we didn't notice that when um, Matthews had the ball. He always seemed to be quite quick with his thinking. And at least you know, utilise his hands throwing throwing the ball out. Anik always seems to get a nosebleed unless he hoops it about fifty meters. Mm.
0: It's definitely worth a try. I don't think Anik's done anything wrong. Particularly, it's just you know seeing what works, like we have with pretty much every other position ever. But um, yeah, worth a try. But, yeah, does anyone have yeah. any other um, pressing matters or questions?
1: Uh, I would like to ask you all what you think of the supporters' trust supporters, trusts, uh, actions, and words over the last week or so.
0: Pointless and irrelevant.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I did like the letter. It was a nicely worded letter, but I, nothing's going to come of it. I don't have any faith in the supporters just to have any real impact on the club. Powerless
0: is what I'm going to say. Sum it up in one mm-hmm. word. Um, I bet
1: yeah. sure you
3: for membership when I uh, cancelled it ages ago. So I took myself
0: best. off the mailing list, so... Yeah, not interested. Yeah, but most of us did didn't they? Yeah. But um yeah. Um so if that's it for questions, um just before we end we'll touch briefly on obviously everybody knows that we've been binging up the next uh, episode because it is number hundred. Um for now we're gonna keep under wraps what we've got planned because quite frankly, even ourselves we don't really know yet what's happening. But uh <laughs> damn it. Yeah. <laughs> keep that under wraps, will and, uh, sorry. <laughs> um, just There's your exclusive, we don't know. Um, But yeah, hopefully we'll be able to bring you something a little bit special. Um, And it may be a while until we get around to it, but we'll see what we can do for you. Um, So if there's nothing left to say, then um, I'll let you plug yourselves. I know Tom and Chris, you've actually removed yourselves from Twitter, Tom, so more recently. Um, James, remind everyone of yours, please. God, I feel lonely. Um, at, at Real James Jarvis. There you go. Mine is WI1LJ. Lads, do you have any other plugs you'd like to mention other than the sites, which is obviously at Line of the NSD? Uh,
1: read five things tomorrow at quarter to eight. Fantastic. There you go. Not even not even that long.
0: We should give them access to the schedule just to see what's coming up. Give, give them a bit of a brief. That might be a new feature, but anyway, we'll save that for another time. But, um... Until then, uh something that I've been forgetting to do, I think it's time to say goodbye. So say goodbye, Chris. There you are.
1: Goodbye, Chris. There you go.
0: Goodbye, Tom. Goodbye, Tom.
2: Goodbye, James.
0: Goodbye, James. Goodbye, James. And it's goodbye from me, Sela V.